Our text today is Matthew chapter 5. Beginning at verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. The word of the Lord. We are gathered here, O God, aware of our common need for your mercy. We gather as a people who hunger and thirst for your righteousness. Be gracious to our seeking in these moments of that. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I'm continuing a series of Thursday homilies on the Beatitudes. Today we come to blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst are created conditions. We wake up every morning confronted with our, our hunger and we're never filled for long. We hunger not just for food, but we hunger for intimacy. We hunger for meaningful and purposeful work. We hunger for community and for joy and for beauty and truth. Yes, we know about being hungry and thirsty. But to hunger and thirst for righteousness? The truth of the matter is that's not our favorite word. It makes us think of thin-lipped piety and people righteously wagging their finger at us in judgment. A couple of weeks ago, I was in the Bay Area speaking to 15 business leaders who were all members of the same congregation. They wanted to have a discussion about the integration of faith and work. And I was struck by the discovery that not one of them in that circle wanted to bring up the fact that they were even a member of a church in their work life. It isn't that they were afraid of hostility as much as they were afraid of confusing their colleagues. Church? So the chances are great that they don't have the word righteous on their LinkedIn pages. <laughs> if you go to a party and mention the fact that you're righteous, you're going to spend a lot of time alone that night. But all of this is born out of a, a misconception with the word. It simply means to be made right. To be made right with God, to be made right with others, 
to be made right with yourself. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst to be made right. Like the other Beatitudes, this one surprises us. It's not what we would expect. We would expect it to say, blessed are the righteous. But any time someone encountered Jesus who considered themselves to be righteous, that person met with a lot of severe rebuke from Christ. But those who were hungry and thirsty to be made right, well, they, they encountered the grace of Christ. It does not matter how hard you study or how much you learn. It does not matter how much you give or volunteer. It does not even matter how much you worship and pray. You cannot make yourself right. The reason we attend to these spiritual disciplines is because they open us up to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit who binds us into the righteousness of Christ. Notice the passive voice here. They will be filled. We can't fill ourselves up on spirituality. But we can be open to the filling of Jesus Christ in our lives. In a Christian community on the outskirts of Edinburgh, there's an extraordinary stone statue of two men kneeling, facing each other in a tender embrace. Their heads are on each other's shoulders. One of these men is Adam, the representative of all our humanity. The other is the Christ. The stone is, is so woven together that the, it's hard to distinguish the two men, except that one has nail scars in his hands. This is the embrace that we are all hungry and thirsty to find. And it's only given to us by the grace of Christ who has found us. We don't find Christ he has found us, and there's this tender embrace. He's given us his life to the point that we have the potential to become Christians. So like Christ, but it's only a grace. Nobody deserves this. We do so much damage to each other when we say things like, I have to break up, I, you just don't deserve my love. Or you don't belong to this community. You don't deserve to be in this community. Nobody deserves love. It's a, always a grace. It's always a commitment. It's always a devotion, a choice. It's always born out of mercy. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Mercy is like love. The more you give, the more you receive. And the only way you can lose it is to try to keep it. Wow, I like that sentence. Let me say that again. 
Mercy is like love. The more you give, the more you receive. And the only way you can lose it is to try to keep it. Again, as I've said before, these, these Beatitudes are best understood in, in, in order. And they're not if-then statements. They're, they're blessings, but they build upon each other. It's only as we discover that our lives have been made right by the embrace of Christ, only by that, having received that mercy do we know how to give mercy. And the more mercy you receive, the more you find yourself in a merciful community giving and receiving of mercy. If you do not think of yourself as a merciful person, or more to the point, if those who know you (laughs) do not think of you as merciful, if you're known more for your judgment and your reckless pushing of your convictions, And if you are tired of that, you're not going to become merciful until you are clear about how much mercy you have received. Then you can enter the merciful community of the giving and receiving. That statue of Adam and Christ embraced to the point where they're intermingled. It's found in the House of Transfiguration, which for many years was led by Father Roland Walls. And Father Roland's own turning point in his life came on a spiritual retreat at a different religious community. It was a three-day retreat, and the abbot gave him three statements to meditate on through each of these three days. The first day he was told to meditate solely on the statement, God loves you, nothing else. Focus your life around those three words, God loves you. The second day, the abbot said to Father Roland, okay, now it's time to focus on a second statement. All day, just focus on the statement, you can love God. The love of God has freed you to love, and you can love God. Then after spending an entire day on that, on the third day, the abbot said to Father Roland, okay, now this is the hardest one of all. I want you to spend all day focusing on the statement, you can love others. The order, the progression of these days was critical to his transformation. It's only by attending to the love of God and discovering that by grace we've been given the capacity to love God, only then can we do the hardest thing of all, which is to fulfill our calling of loving the neighbor. We cannot become a merciful community without attending first to the love of God ourselves, without first attending to just how much mercy we have received. You cannot give what you have not received. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.